Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we thank you. We exhort you once again for your love. We exhort you for your spirit. But if you could the mind that God you have for us, your intention, oh Lord, we want to say thank you once again that we are here to receive from you your word of life that we could transform us more and more into your likeness, into your very image and likeness. We ask you God this in faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Okay, so we'll be running through this simple series and I believe because therefore I've spoken. I've spoken because I believe. We believe so we speak. Whichever way you want to put it. This is going to be part number three. And I want to again, want you to pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. Hebrews 11 verse 6 is our main text. And we'll go back there right quick. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that's the reward of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You need to understand that. It's very simple. So we need faith to please God. What that means is, for you to make God happy with you or to be happy with you is to trust him. Right? We say there are many things you're going to do. Even your sacrifices, if it is not based on faith, you can please God. You have to believe who God is. You have to trust as to who God is. You have to believe in what he says. You have to be convinced in the instructions he's given. You want to please God? Then take him for who he is. Who he said he is. What his word says to you. That is what he wants you to do. He's happy when you take his word for what it is. He's happy when you trust him that of the truth he can save you, he can deliver you. He's happy with you when your confidence in him and he knows that you truly have your confidence in him no matter what is going on. No matter the pressure you are passing through, no matter the circumstance you are passing through. How many of you remember the three children in, in the Hebrew? Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember that when the king told them, let me see what your God is going to do. He said, oh king, listen to this. Whether the God delivers or he doesn't deliver us, that's the God we're going to serve. That was pressure. Remember, they believe God. It's not that because they don't believe God, therefore they're going through those problems. So the circumstance you are passing through is not because you don't believe God. But the point now is this, what is your faith in God in the midst of your circumstances? How much confidence do you still have in God that no matter what is going on, God is still God? For he that comes to the Lord will believe that God is, and is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So the three Hebrew children were rewarded with protection, with salvation, with deliverance at the end of the day from the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. But how did that come to be? They had faith. Oh, king, don't bother about what you're thinking about. Even if he's going to save us, finally, but if he's not to save us, we know he is a living God. So your second
anywhere, any day. Whether under the sea, you see God. Amen. Praise God. Are we still here? And one of those things you have to understand is when you want to really walk in this dimension of life, you must come to the place of hearing God. And it's important. You must come to the place of hearing God. You must come to the place of trusting. And that trust is because you hear God. I gave an illustration recently in one of these things I was writing there on Facebook. You know, when you read the book of of Genesis 22, I'm sharing that with my wife. You read the book of Genesis 22, you see something miraculous. And that is why we don't really walk with the faith that God has for us. What happened? God spoke to Abraham and said, take your son, your only son, go sacrifice it for me. And then Abraham took Isaac and they went on. Remember, the Bible says on the third day when they see a head of when they see the mountain, he asked the servant to stop. I have only been saying this. There are dimensions that sons can assess that servant can assess. He went with his son to the mountain, Mount Moriah, but then he asked the servant to stay back on the base of the mountain. Are you following what I'm saying now? Third dimension is for sons, not for everybody. There are certain things that sons of God see that the whole multitude of the children of Israel could not see. And even the Christians of today, there are certain dimensions that sons see that they can't see. They are servant good enough. Hallelujah. But what am I trying to say? Now here was Abraham about to sacrifice Isaac and God said, no, don't do that. There's a ticket there. I mean, a ram caught up in the ticket. Go take that ram and sacrifice the child for me. Now the point is this. If Abraham never had God the second time, he would have killed Isaac and still thinking that he's serving a faithful God. I don't know if you're getting this. If he hadn't had God the second time, if he had just followed the first instruction and then it's okay, this is what God said, and then slaughter Isaac. He will have said, oh God, I'm, I'm a sorry, wonderful God. I offered my son. What other sacrifice we're going to give to God that should be greater than that? I offered my son to God because I obeyed God. But God said, no, that's not what I wanted. I just wanted to try to see how faithful he can be. They surround there. Now, if you have never had the second time, that's what I'm saying. You must come to that place of having the absolute faith. What that faith? That faith come from you hearing God. That is why it's always my burden for you to grow to the place where you can know the voice of God and hear the voice of God. You must know the voice of God when God speaks. You must hear the voice of God when he's speaking. You should be able to recognize that this is God talking to me. He changes your circumstance by the way he instructs you on which way to go. Hallelujah. So he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to understand. It's a dimension of faith that has to do with God speaking to us. And we need to be able to come to that place of hearing God when he's talking to us. Amen. Okay, go with me to the book of Job, Job 22, verse 23. Job 22, verse 23. Don't kill your Isaac in the name of religion. Amen. Listen to what God said, because there's a place for the word, there's a place for the proceeding word. Uh huh. Amen. For Jesus said that, mighty four. Man must live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Not just what he said yesterday, but what he's saying now. There's a word for the now. There's a word for this season. Hallelujah. Job 22-23. If thou return to the Almighty, 
Thou shalt be built up. And thou shalt put away iniquity far from the tabernacles. Hmm? If thou return to the Almighty, how do you return? Where were you? <laughs> Hallelujah. You return in your mind. You return in your thinking. You return in your assessment of who God is. You return in your conviction about who God is. If thou return to the Almighty, if you can come back from the way you are going, from the way you are thinking, from the mindset you have, if only you can come back to begin to understand that God is God, you shall be built up. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? So there's a place for returning. Now, you know what? You, you can take this and find what happened to the prodigal son. Huh? The Bible says, I must go back to my father. How did he get to return? He changed his mind. So returning means you, the way you assess God, the way you think about God, the way you feel about God. And he said, if only that can return to the Almighty, that shall be built up. Alright? That shall put away iniquity far from the tabernacle. And I want to take a scripture along that line. Go to the next verse, verse 29. Go to verse 29. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is a lifting up. And it shall save the humble person. When men are cast down, hallelujah, that is when you have returned, when you have put away time and, I mean, you look at the far away from the tabernacle because you've returned to the Lord. When men are cast down, there is only one thing that comes out of your mouth. There shall be what? A lifting up. So men are not going to be down there, you're going to be down with them. What are you believing? You believe in God. You believe in God can save. You believe in God can deliver. You believe in God can do other things that men cannot do. So when they are cast down, you have one confession to me. There is a lifting up. Hallelujah. You are not going to be confessing as other people are confessing. Why? Because you believe who you serve. He that comes to the Lord will believe that he is. And he said, what of them that what? Diligently seek him. We believe, therefore we speak. So what are we speaking? We speak it. There's a lifting up. If men are down, no matter the circumstance, we know we are not part of that. Our confession will not allow us to join them. Why? Because we have returned to the Almighty in our thinking. We know him that he can't fail. We know him that he can't deceive you. We know him that when he says the word, he will bring it to pass. Therefore, we say there is a lifting up. When men are cast down, there's a lifting up. When men are in sorrow, there is a lifting up. What's your confession? There is a lifting up, no matter the circumstance. I know I'm not going to end up this way. I know the changes are coming. I know God is going to lift me out of this. I believe God. Why? I'm returning to him. So you can return even as you're sitting there. You can return to God. If you have made some confession before that are not right with God, right at this hour, you can start returning. How do you return? The way you think about God. Your assessments about God. Your conviction about God. Your faith about God. You return to God. The God Almighty. Hallelujah. Then at the end when men are cast down, you are going to say there's a lifting up. Not just for you alone. For even those who are cast down, you will be the one to lift them up. 
You'll be the one to speak words of encouragement, words of strength unto them. That such thing and sorrow in their heart will begin to disappear because of the wealth you are going to be given to them. Why? Because you've returned to the Almighty. In your thinking, in your assessment, in the things you confess. What do I believe in God for? Think about it. Praise the living God. What's your conviction about God? What do you think your future looks like? What do you think the year is saying? Hallelujah. If only you can return to God. How do you return? In your thinking. Don't miss this. In your mind. Actually, yesterday I was studying. In the midst of the distant dropped in, and I tried to inquire. I said, you just return to me by the way you think about me. Yeah, that's how you return to me. So you're far away. Prodigal son was far away. But the Bible says, he came to his mind. I must go back to my father's house. He returned. How did he return? Just rethinking from where he was coming from. Is that okay? So, you are not, where are you going to return to God to? I mean, where is God that you now have to return to him? Now, change your confession about God. Change your thinking about God. Remove yourself as being one in the image and likeness of God. I've been the one that carried God within him or her. Get back from negative confession. Forsake those ways. Get back to God. There is a lifting up, even if men are cast down. Why? You're returning back to God. In your thinking, this situation will not swallow me up. Why do you think so, David? Because I believe. Therefore, I'm saying so. Hallelujah. Look at what he said. Thou shalt say, not somebody's going to say that for you. It is you that is going to say it. When men are cast down, you will be the one to say what? There is a lifting up. Praise God. Are we still here? Okay. Come with me to Acts 27. Look at verse 21. Let's read a simple story there. I'll show you something here, which is very powerful. And this thing the Lord shared with me on Friday while we're praying here. Just said, this is what it is. The Bible says, after a long abstinence, now remember, Paul was traveling with a group of people, they were on a high sea, okay? And then there was heavy storms, which are storms of life. And then they went into fasting, and they were fasting for a long time, fasting to cause the whole thing to come down. God enjoys, yes, he loves your fasting, yes, I believe religiously is okay. But you are not going to use fast to bend the hand of God. His will is still going to be his will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. After a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said to the crew, remember before they started out, Paul told the owner of the boat, we don't need to make all this journey now. They were slaves altogether. He was heading to Rome. Right? And God said, you're going to get to Rome and to testify of me as well. Is that okay? Now, more or less, he was in the ship. The owner of the ship said, it's to go. Paul said, no, the way I'm looking at the weather. No, 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 we can move now. And the man said, no, you got to go. You see, men love money. They don't really care about what God is saying when it comes to their business. And that's why I keep telling people, sometimes... You must bring God into your business as a partner. Whether you are succeeding or you are not succeeding. God should be your business as a partner. Now one of those things is, you bring in somebody who God 
has brought you your way to be part of your business. He cannot be a board of director. He cannot be part of trustee. Not necessarily you are paying him, but he got to be there. If you are having board meetings, let the person sit down. Somebody say, David, how will you say that? You need to ask Nebuchadnezzar how he was able to rule his empire. Because God was in. How did God come in? Through Daniel. I don't ever get in that. You can ask the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. He brought God into the business. How did God come into the business of ruling Egypt? Joseph was there. You don't run business and you go, I mean, here is a man, he got a business. What was the next thing? Saul was there, Paul was there to tell him, we don't need to say say now, but he will not because he undermined the influence of God in his business. If God, if they have listened to what Paul said, they will not say sail, and they will not encounter the trouble that they encounter on the way. Sometimes when our business collapses because we're not bringing God factor into our business. Is that okay? So what happened here? But after a long afternoon, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. And not have loosed from crates and to have gained this harm and loss. You should have listened. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I remember some years ago, I, I've forgotten the, the governor, but in Lagos, they brought one of, uh, one of my mentors from the world, Reverend Umole, brought him into governance. When they are sitting to discuss things about Lagos, he sits with them. The man recognizes the God factor. Some trips they want to make out of the country, they pay his fare. Just be among the people to go. That's all. They recognize the presence of God in governance. In business, it's the same thing. And Paul is saying, if you have listened to me, we shouldn't have said sail. But the owner of the boat will not listen because he needed money. Was the next thing, verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. Can I hear an amen? The God factor is not speaking again. <laughs> now look at something there, very interesting. Verse 23. For just stood by me this night. How did Paul say there shall be no loss? He heard from God. We speak what we hear. Are you sitting there with me? Look at it. For there stood by me this night, the angel of God whom I am and whom I serve. He that come to the Lord might believe that he is. I said, what are them that diligently seek him? And Paul is saying, listen to me. You may not understand me. I have a God that is served. And that God that I'm serving, whom I belong to, when he said, who I am means I belong to him, whom I serve. I stood here this morning, this night, and his angel came to me and told me, listen Paul, nobody except the sheep, nobody is going to be lost. Let's look at that. Go down a little bit. Say, if you're not Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And Lord God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Praise God. Did you see that? <laughs> Paul came out and said, listen, be of good cheer. Don't worry. Nobody's going to be lost. The God that I belong to, the one that I serve, 
This is what he told me this night. That you, you are getting to great. All these people that are in this boat, it's like saying, I'm giving them into your hand. So by reason of your presence, nobody's going to die. Can you imagine that? That means the people you keep company with sometimes, they are very important. Who are your associations? Think about that. Who do you bring into your business? Think about that. Is anybody getting this? By reason of Paul, nobody was going to be going to be lost. In other words, there are some people who are just preserving factors for just being in your midst. Your association is very important. And Paul said, listen to me. I'm not just saying this of my own, but the man that I serve, the angels told me this night, and I said, hey Paul, God has given everybody in this boat into your hand. There shall be no loss of anything. When people quote, there shall be no loss. What do they think they are talking about? People just quote it, but they must understand Paul made a statement because God gave it to him, and not just that, he was giving him because of the people all around him. So Paul spoke because he heard and because he believed. Oh, glory. Are you aware with me? Can you take it? The angel says, Saint Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all. <laughs> thou shalt be with thee. Wherefore, shalt be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Praise God. We believe, therefore, we are spoken. I believe God. What do you believe? God said nobody's going to die as long as you are there. And that's all. Hallelujah. You may ask you, what do you believe in God for? What has God spoken to you? What has he told you? Concerning your family? Concerning your children? No, what has he told you? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, are you with me here? And I want you to encourage it. It's very simple, but it's the basis of your faith. It's the basis of your confession. It's the basis of your knowing that you belong to someone who cares. For he that come to the Lord must believe that he is. And he said a word of them that will diligently seek him. You got to come to that conclusion. I'm not saying a God that forsake me. God said I will not forsake you. No matter what happened. In the storm. In the rain. In the wind. I will not forsake you. You have to understand that. So when the storm is coming. Just know that God is there. What are you going to say? I know my Redeemer leave it. What are you going to say? I know Lord does not forsake me. What are you going to say? I know I belong to God. This storm is not going to kill me. This storm is going to destroy my business. No. It will come and it will go. It's temporary. Whatever thing that man can see is temporary. Whatever you cannot see is eternal. Don't get worked up because of problem. Why will Paul begin to tell them? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Because they're looking at the storm. They're looking at the boat. Remember this time they are cast everything out. Only the boat was left. All the cargoes have been thrown into the sea. Are you following what I'm saying here? And so they were worried. They themselves, they were at the point of saying, oh, we are going to die. The storm is going to kill us. And so Paul keep on saying, be of good cheer. So what am I trying to make you understand? Even if you think you're about to die, be of good cheer. You are not dying. Hallelujah. 
I say you are not dying. Hallelujah. You see, some of you are about entering the place of success. I'm forced to say this now. Never wanted to say it. But the Lord spoke that to me this night at about 3 a.m. Is that okay? Give me a word from the book of Exodus. Children of Israel were to leave Egypt. And he told them, go collect whatever you have. Just go collect them. Silver, gold, whatever you need to collect, go collect them. And the Bible says God had made the children of Egypt so that they could be able to give out anything that the children of Egypt asked for. Some of you are going to be entering into wealth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening? Say, go collect. And they were just collecting. Why am I saying that? Because I believe. Why am I saying that? Because God showed with me. I have to read three different translations about 3 a.m. after the Lord shared this with me. It's a glorious year. <laughs> Hallelujah. And some of you are definitely going to testify about this. Paul said, don't be worried. Be of good cheer. You are not dying as long as I'm here. Not because of your fasting. Not because of what you've done. But God has given you to me. As long as I'm standing here, the angel told me, all these people you see, they are giving to you. Oh, glory. I mean, Paul was holding the people together. The life of Paul had become a protective covering to the people. That no storm was going to kill them. And he had to encourage their heart so that their mind will not continuously be thinking about death to bring them to life. Be of good cheer. Praise God. You know, when we say this sometimes, you'll be wondering. It's like, you pastor, what have you got to show for it? I got nothing to show for it. But Paul says something. Though being poor, but making many rich. That's what I got to show for it. When you are wealthy, it's what I got to show for it. So you have to be wealthy for me to have something to show for it. Praise the living God. Are you following me? So be of good cheer. The season is changing. The times are changing. The moment is changing. It's a new day for you. Why are you saying that, David? Because I believe, therefore have I spoken. We speak what we believe. We believe because God has spoken. Look at it here. Be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. It is what he told me that I am saying. Are we still here? So return to God as you are receiving this word. In your thinking, in your mind, in your calculation, return to God. All is well. I say all is well. You might be saying this storm, but I'm saying all is well. Whew. Go with me to 
Act 23 verse number 10. Praise God. Act 23 verse number 10. Again the Bible says, When there arose a great dissension, the chief captain fearing less, Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded his soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. Verse 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so more that bear witness of me also were in Rome. Be of good cheer, Paul. Hallelujah. You see, how wish you come to that place where you can still hear in God? I shall have been the happiest person on this earth. Praise God. Anytime Paul is in trouble, this angel comes to talk to him. Anytime difficulties are arising, God comes to talk to him. We can serve God that way too. Hallelujah. You see, anytime fear is creeping up in your heart, God ought to come up to talk to you about the situation. That is what it means to serve God. And here again, it's another situation. I said, Paul, don't you be worried. You are going to get through. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So let your fear disappear. Just strive to come to the place of knowing who you are in God, that you are his property, and not just that, that you belong to him in such a way that he will not allow such evil to befall you overnight without his protection and provision. He will always make a way. Hallelujah. Where there seems to be no way, he makes a way. The darkness may be so thick before you, but if you watch closely, there's a light right there at the end of the tunnel. God is not going to abandon his own. Praise God, somebody. Are we still together? Okay, go with me with the, uh, Psalm 42, verse 11. I see hope rising in some of you. And this hope is going to build up for you a glorious future. I see hope rising. Some of you have been discouraged. I see hope rising. And this will be building for you a great future. You are walking towards that which is going to be a realization of that hope that you are living now. For all that are supposed to be is hope, love, and faith. These three things, they are the things that actually expresses God. Hope, love, and what? And faith. If you have faith, you have to have hope. You have love, you have love for God. And as you have love for God because he first loved you. So, three things works out there. Faith, hope, and what? And love. Guess what? Some of you are just stepping into real hope now. And this hope is going to produce. Why? Because God's word is saying it to you. So, you are confessing it by hope. And you are going to get into that dimension. Amen? You can understand why the Bible says Abraham believed God. And he hoped against hope. Remember that? Abraham hoped against hope. He entered the third dimension of that which is supposed to be to work with God. After you love God, after you have faith in God, you have to have hope in God that whatever thing he says will come to pass. Praise God. Psalm 42 verse 11. 
Take it from the NLT. NLT says, Why am I discouraged? Yes, you got to start asking yourself a question now. Why is my heart so sad? Ask yourself that same question. David was asking these questions. That means he was experiencing discouragement. He was experiencing sadness. Is anybody following what I'm saying? And he said, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Savior and my God. Hallelujah. He was so discouraged. He was so perplexed about happiness. Are you there with me? And he came to a point and he said, no, come on. Why am I so discouraged? No, why, why, why? And, no, come on, my heart, why are you so sad? What's the meaning of this? There are times you question yourself. And the next thing he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to put my hope in who? In God. I will praise him, praise God. Again, my Savior and my God. And I love that. I love this. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. If you look at it from the the King James translation, this is what it says. 42. Go to 42, verse 11 again. King James. I like the way he said it here a little bit. Why are that comes down on my soul? Why are that describing within me? Hope down in God is like he's commanding his own spirit. Get trust in God, man. You, you, hey, my spirit, you are trying to discourage me. I don't like this. Let's agree now. Go trust God. And stop putting me down. You, my soul, I don't like what you are doing to me. Not an enemy now. My soul. My thinking. So it's like David was speaking to his soul say, return back to God. I want to praise God. I don't like what you are doing to me. You're giving me discouragement. Is that okay? The way, the way you're making me think, you give me discouragement. Take me back to God. I need to get back to God. For I'm going to praise this God. Hallelujah. And he said, For I shall yet praise him who is the head of my countenance and my God. Why that comes down? There is no reason why you should be in despair. There's no reason why you should be in discouragement. No reason. Praise God. God will appear and release you from that bondage, that realm of corruption and death. He will appear. No reason to be despaired. You can't be in captivity for so long. God is going to set you free. Praise God. Your sign and your sorrows and your tears shall be a thing of the past. Amen. Oh, glory. He said, who's held of my countenance? A healthy constitution. You know, you can look at the man's face and you know that this man is sad. Is that okay? So he said, no, you're making me look sad on the outward and people are looking at me and say, this man's face is down, something is wrong on the inside. You, my soul, you got to change. It's time to praise God. And when you start praising God, light breaks forth again on your face. And the next thing, you people smiling. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. I used to like this, my sister. She smiles a lot. Hmm? I'm talking of Mike's wife. She smiles such a lot. Even if she dances, she's smiling. She's walking by, she's smiling. She gives me a lot of smile anytime I look at her face. She doesn't know. 
Hallelujah. She's always smiling. I like that. Why are you? You know, because you know, smile is transmissible. You can transmit. You understand that? Even if you are in sorrow, you do the same thing. You transmit pain to other people. And, Paul, and David is saying, no, no, no. My soul, don't make me look sad all the time. I want to praise my God. You better return back to God now with me because it's not my mindset. I want to praise my God. Stop making me feel sorrowful. I don't want people asking me, what's your problem? What's your problem? Why is your face dull? You know, you can explain explaining to everybody. Have that changed the situation? No. Smile somebody. Hallelujah. Be happy. For God has made a promises and his promises are going to come to pass. Can I hear an amen? Praise God. So, David is saying here, man, my, my continent is going to change. I'm not going to allow what my soul is telling me to persist. Now I'm changing it. Amen. This is a deliberate act. Oh, glory. You see, it's like, remember the first summer when they took the wife, everybody, and everybody was crying. And then the Bible said, and David encouraged himself. Is that okay? You must come to a point of encouraging yourself. That level of encouraging yourself is returning to God. Because instead of David following the people crying, almost they want to kill him, they want to stone him. And the Bible said, he went to God and said, shall I pursue and recover them? He returned to God. Is that okay? If only you can return to the God Almighty. Praise God. You shall be built up. Hallelujah. So happiness is coming back to you. Can I hear anyone? You are getting there. Oh, you are getting there. Hallelujah. Why? He said it. You are going to get there. He promises you. Like he spoke to Paul. You are not dying. All the people are already giving to you. And I am telling you, God is saying, some of you are entering into the place of full joy. There is going to be a restoration. There's going to be abundance coming to you. Your resources is coming. Can I hear an amen? Glory to God. Why are you disquieting within me? My soul, I don't like this. Praise God. Oh, my deliverance may be delayed, but I will praise God again. Amen. Hallelujah. That's just what the Lord is saying here. And I want you to pick it. So all your discouragement, put them where they belong. Even this morning. Hallelujah. If thou return to the God Almighty. You know what? I was sharing something here also with my wife a few days ago. You know, in the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19, God said, What did he say? God is not a man that is lie. How many of you remember that? God is not a man that shall lie. Now that is not a man that he shall repent. Have he said, I shall not do it? Or have he spoken, and he shall not make good? The answer says, What? No. It's not a man. So if he gives you a promise, stay with the promise. Hallelujah. And God has given us fantastic word for this year. And God is still saying more and more about that. I'm still seeing dimension of changes that are coming. Amen. Hallelujah. You are going to be smiling. Come on. You are going to be smiling. You are going to be rejoicing. I know it. 
I am so rich because I believe it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't be discouraged. Let your soul be so quiet. Praise God. Give him all the praise that he due him. For the Lord has spoken. We got to believe it. It's not a man that you lie. Neither will it be the sort of man that will change. Has he spoken and he will not bring it to pass? The answer says no. Whatever he says, he will bring it to pass. He's not going to change his mind. He will bring it to pass. For his name is at stake. And the Bible says, honor this word, honor his name. Honor this word, honor his name. The changes are coming. I said the changes are coming. Hallelujah. You look at that Isaiah 60 again. Men shall be coming from the east, from the west. He said, your gate shall not be short. Men shall bring in resources. Hallelujah. Your day have just arrived. The new season have just arrived. Stand up. I just want to talk to the Father a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glorious moment that we are in. We got to trust God. We got to believe God. We got to stay with who God is. For God is not going to change. I just need you to talk to the Father briefly. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org. God bless you.